Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. So when you're inspired by someone or something, make sure you really uh, learn and understand what the details are for that success and what the intricate failures were, because I think you need to, you're going to be failing several times before you succeed. Hey, Grinders, for the rest of this month, for the rest of 2018, um, I'm going to be opening up my offer for a free 15-minute call with me once again. So if you want to book that free 15-minute call with me, just click the link in the description below. You're going to see the link to book a call with Colin. Click that link, and I will talk with you all soon. Look forward to speaking with you. Please note, when you do book the call, be very concise in terms of what it is that you're looking for. I want to ensure that the 15 minutes we spend together is super productive. So in while you're booking, sorry, um, just as detailed as you can be as to what you want to speak with me about, it's only going to help us both out. So thank you so much, and look forward to speaking with all of you. Joining us today on The Daily Grind is Igor Becker. Igor is an accomplished, talented, and visionary leader supported by a wide range of expertise in digital marketing, e-commerce operations, and technology that merge to drive measurable, sustainable, and profitable results for both established and startup corporations, including global enterprises. Leveraging his expertise, Igor, with the help of his co-founder, launched Made Of, the world's first NSF organic baby care brand. Made Of's mission is to provide new parents with simple, organic, first, and safe everyday baby products. In addition, Made Of is the first and only to tell you what their products are made of. By disclosing the origin and safety of each ingredient, actual test results, and location of its factories in the U.S. Today, Igor shares his amazing entrepreneurial experience with us. Hope you all enjoy. Be sure to grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back, and dive deep in today's interview with Igor Becker. Enjoy. Well, Igor Becker, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, man. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, say for some listeners out there being first introduced to you today, just kind of in your own words, sharing a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Um, my name is Igor. I am a co-founder of a new brand called Made Of. We are a design supply chain company manufacturing organic baby skincare uh, diaper products mm-hmm. made in United States. And uh, we've been building this brand for close to three years. And wow. we recently launched uh, the summer of this year. Wow. So you've been, this has been in the works for three years, but finally launched. How does that feel? 
Um, I feel so. I'm a climber uh, okay. as a hobby. I love uh, mountain climbing, ice climbing, and every two years I do uh, a big climb. Um, anywhere in 20, 25,000 feet that takes three, four weeks to climb. Wow. And I always uh, refer to this business or any business startup as a, as mountain climbing because everything you've done up to launch, including launch, is like training for your mountain climbing. Mm. And I feel like I, I've just reached the base of Mount Everest. And all the hard work was actually easy work. Now the hard part starts. Love it. Love it. So for you, where did this, where did you start to get the entrepreneurial itch? Like what's your background? What led you to, to, to launching this or starting this three years ago? Um, I've been entrepreneur at heart for some time now. I would say maybe the launch of eBay, maybe even before eBay became eBay. Okay. Uh, um, as, as I was in college, you know, selling stuff on eBay, um, trinkets and whatnot, and that really uh, inspired the whole sales marketing side. Uh, that was really intriguing me. So my career actually started in investment banking on the IT side. Uh, I ran IT departments and banks, data centers in uh, in banks and uh, and markets. Okay. But in parallel, really selling. Uh, items on eBay, marketing them, um, really was intriguing for me. Uh, that's where my passion for sales and marketing sort of originated uh, in the early youth teen years. I still continued on my path in, uh, in the tech side, uh, getting educated in what's now NYU, um, but really always been on the incline of um, doing something on the sales side, marketing side, coming up with a product, selling a product, um, was the, the excitement. That's where, well, that's what felt like home. Yeah. Um, uh, being in IT for almost a decade, I uh, decided to switch careers, went back to school uh, in um, financing and marketing, sort mm -hmm. of to help me get the basic out of the way from an education standpoint on corporate financing, uh, investments, lending. Yeah. Uh, and I switched careers into commerce, e-commerce and marketing specifically, where I worked for major global brands and fashion accessories, and I ran their e-commerce panel globally. Wow. Um, that's really felt like home, uh, you know, in retail, there's, it's, you know, especially online, there's no nine to five. It's literally 24 seven, especially in a busy season like right now, you know, the holiday seasons, Black Fridays. Uh, but even putting, putting in, you know, 100 hour weeks, uh, it always felt right uh, that this is my passion, you know, e-commerce, marketing, analytics, consumer experience. Yeah. And sort of, I continued following the growth in corporate and retail uh, category while I was always sort of intrigued on looking for opportunities on the side. Perhaps it was product or service, networking, speaking engagement, mm -hmm. and really always having that thought on the side of potentially 
what would the future hold if I ventured into entrepreneurship? Yeah. yeah it's coming something on my own. So when did that, like, obviously you went to school, you always had the entrepreneurial bug, but you went into the corporate world and you were doing very well there and you were exploring options on entrepreneurship. When did that become a decision that this is really what I want to do now and now I'm going to start taking action? So I have very old school parents. Um, I've immigrated from East Europe. Yeah. In the 1990, uh, early 90s, 1990. Um, and my parents are very old school, very old fashioned. So education, corporate job was, uh, you can't speak of anything else except that at a dinner table, right? Yeah. Is um, So that was the sort of the given. I didn't have a mentor. Gotcha. Um, no one ever grab me by the hand and help me sort of advise me on what are the options. Were you ever searching for that mentor? So I didn't know what a mentor was. Gotcha. I didn't know that I need one until I would say right after college, I realized that one of the mistakes I made was getting a degree uh, in in the field of computer science, knowing that I never want to be an engineer or a programmer. Interesting. Um, where my passion was always finance and marketing and not really proceeding, pursuing that. Uh, and I realized coming out with a degree, really, the career path is limited to tech. Uh, something I deep inside did not want to do. It was just a, an escape goal in terms of cash flow and earning a living and, you know, moving out and starting, starting your own life, being independent. Yeah. So that's when I realized that perhaps my path towards this journey was not the right path and really how could have I made a different decision and this is when sort of the idea of perhaps there should have been a mentor in my life who's been through this uh, and helped me sort of through these questions and challenges. Um, So, you know, coming from the background of having no mentorship, um, this is what I've done. Um, that's where it sort of started, uh, really building a foundation, something that's, uh, secure. Let's use that word. Yep. Right. (laughs) Where you have your paycheck. Uh, and at the same time, as you focus on your career, looking at what are the other options possible without wearing off too much, uh, that would jeopardize your security. Mm. Yeah. And, And for you, when you realized, say three years ago, when, when you made the, like, was this a side project as you were consistently, as you continued to work in corporate or once you thought of this made of, you went all in on it? So, uh, in, uh, throughout my career, I joined a startup, uh, which sold, uh, fashion jewelry, um, which I would say I was one of the founders, um, okay. because it was number one employee. Uh, because uh, literally it was day one, so nothing existed. It was a building a brand for us. So, in a sense, of, it, it was still a job. It did feel like you're starting something of your own. Yeah. So, um, but still a little bit more secure without taking risk. Um, made of became a side research project before we even determined who or what we're going to make. It was a is a project. Um, you know, uh, I'm very much data driven, yeah. um, 
quality and quantitative, talking to folks, looking at third-party data. Um, and what inspired sort of uh, an aha moment was maybe five years ago, six years ago, the movement into cleaner products. Yeah. But just like if we had a movement in the food category towards non-GMO, gluten organic, that spilled into personal care. Yeah. Right. So really understanding, um, reading, understanding, seeing where the trend is uh, in this category, um, what the market is like, what are the uh, movers, uh, upcoming brands, and what are the big CPG companies, consumer uh, packaging good companies like Unilever, Johnson Johnson's, what are they actually doing in the space? Where's mm -hmm. the innovation? Right. <clears throat> so that sort of inspired uh, looking at. Um, what's currently in the market. Little did I know uh, that this project, let's call it a hobby, research hobby, <laughs> would transition into sort of findings of uh, white space in the baby category. Yeah. You know, I'm, not a toxi I'm not a toxicologist, I'm not a chemist. Uh, I, I don't speak formulations and ingredients. So coming up with a really highly performing baby product was not something I would have thought of, uh, you know, three, four years ago. Yeah, totally. So, so at what point did this go from side project, side research project to, wow, we have a business? Sure. A um, few things. We thoroughly did our research in terms of what's on the market. And what we noticed was the influx of new brands popping up like mushrooms claiming to be natural clean beauty mm. right yeah um, and the question is for me is well why are there so many of them why is it so easy why is the entry <laughs> to market so there's no barrier anymore yeah versus why now why not before <clears throat> right um and what we've noticed was that <clears throat> the reason being that there's a lot of startups easily entering the market. One, there's demand from the new consumer, uh, but two is the lack of regulation within the United States, specifically FDA, to prevent new products coming to market. Gotcha. Let me be specific. Let me be specific. Anyone can take dirt from the street, put it in a jar, and call it an organic or natural face mask and sell it on Amazon. It's crazy. Or eh? your own website. It is very crazy. Um, so that loophole really caused a movement of these, a wave of these new beauty products that claim to be natural, non-toxic, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> natural, non-toxic, these are marketing claims. They really don't have a substance behind them. Yeah. Um, that was the first moment. So the question is like, why? Two, but at that point in time, okay, you have these brands are natural. What sort of in, um, caught our attention is the fact that they're not natural. Now, me being an outsider, how do I know if it's natural or not natural? But what we saw was consumer um, confusion and uh, uh, mistrust with these brands, followed by lawsuits, 
companies mm. get sued uh, for claims such as natural, Ganex, and whatever you, that might be, right? So using yeah. savvy marketing brand names and claims to be perceived as something you're not. And that's what really first was sort of the aha moment. Okay, there's a lot of frogs uh, with lipstick on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> or better yet, big lipstick on it. Um, <laughs> the question is, why? So why isn't there a better product that doesn't have to deceive the consumer on what there are or aren't? Uh, the other aspect um, sort of inspiration was in lines of the claims that consumers demand was uh, transparency. So consumer, new customers um, specifically have affinity to, to brands that have a, are mission-driven, sustainable, and transparent in their business practices. Um, correlating to the same category, personal care, we notice that a lot of brands claim transparency when they really aren't transparent. So let me be specific. Okay. You're, go, you're going to a store. You're buying an apple. It has a sticker on it. it says Florida. USDA. Okay, my apple is USDA organic. It comes from Florida. Makes sense, right? It's one ingredient. When you're buying a shampoo and it says made in Canada, what is made in Canada specifically? Uh, when you're buying a sunscreen, only to figure out that the brand that you bought the sunscreen from, uh, the claim of SPF 75 or 50 is actually 15. Right, you're not the brand is not very transparent. The product might not necessarily be in, made in Canada. So that transparency in manufacturing and testing really inspired sort of the the bigger homogenous. So let me take this straight. Let me get this straight. One, these products are not natural, but two is nobody really knows what's in those products or how they're made. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right? That that was gonna and be why my, not? Yeah, that, that was gonna be my next question to you is like for us out there who, when we go to a store and we're looking for a product, like what should we be looking for to be able to determine if this product is natural or not? So unfortunately, it's very difficult to determine, right? Uh, unless you have a glossary of what the definition of all those ingredients that go in a product. So number one, the most basic foundational is look behind the label and look at those ingredients. Hmm. Uh, we all have phones, so you can quickly, anything that looks suspicious, you can Google it and determine where this ingredient sort of originated uh, or what's inside this ingredient. Um, we've partnered with an independent nonprofit called uh, Environmental Working Group, EWG, okay. and, and they have a very robust database where you can look up products and product ingredients, and they sort of rank them. Um, based on zero or uh, one to 10, one being great, 10 being uh, stay away, it's cancer. Um, you, that would be the first step. The, it is, of course, time consuming. Uh, the second step I would take is look for independent third-party certifications, okay. whether it's uh, organic, uh, whether it's gluten, vegan, non-GMO, because that's really where the trust trust factor is. It would be you can't claim something uh, and be certified at the same time when it's not true. So you're you're trusting these organizations and going through the process of getting our product certified. The process is very difficult and rigorous. So passing that those audits 
and paper trails from the soil all the way to the final product takes time and effort and obviously cost. So having those certifications is where the trust factor is. So anyone's claiming 100% natural shampoo and you don't see any independent certifications, that should right away be a red flag. Yeah. Because if anything is 100% natural, it should be very easily certifiable. Mm. Right? Um, anything that's you know organic should come with a certification next to it. So do not believe marketing claims, uh, you know, that are not substantiated yeah. by sort of independent certification. And if you're really a skeptic, you can uh, dig further into connecting with the brand and really understanding in terms of where this product is made, how it's made, and specifically how it's tested. So especially on folks with sensitive skin, allergies, um, celiac disease, like gluten-free that's required, uh, or babies, <laughs> very sensitive skins, yeah. you really want to be careful what's in your product and how it's made, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think so these I, things, these are the steps I would recommend. Yeah, it's so, I mean, it baffles, it still baffles me that people can just put something in a bottle and, and call it natural and then, like, we have to go to such lengths in order to figure out if it is or not like i gotta go on my phone and i gotta look at all the ingredients and google this just to make sure it's natural i mean it's it's wrong it's yes that's it's ridiculous but um kind of okay. taking a turn about say you specifically as an entrepreneur what i was curious in is you mentioned that you were a climber what has like how first of all how long have you been climbing for I would say, so I've been a skier since early childhood. Mm -hmm. And then one time on a trip to Switzerland, um, we arrived in the peak skiing season. Uh, there was no snow. It was just super cold and grass. <laughs> There's literally no snow. Okay. Uh, and we didn't know what to do. And we saw a sign for ice climbing, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I've never ice climbed in my life. Let's try it. There's nothing else to do yeah. except, you know, grass and, and ice climbing. And that's where I was hooked for life. I was about maybe 15, 16 years old back then. Um, <clears throat> I tried ice climbing. I loved it. That transitioned into mountaineering. And then now it's a combination of both. What has climbing and mountaineering and all these activities, like, what has that done for you personally um, say mindset wise and how has that transitioned over into business and life in general? <laughs> Great question. Um, always, uh, I always correlate it too. So, you know, the training, the patience mm. that goes into climbing, um, the strategy, um, yeah. logistical, uh, you know, being logistically ready, um, before a substantial climb, uh, it can very much be correlated to uh, to business, right? Yeah. Uh, especially leadership. When you are leading a team on ice or climbing a wall, communication uh, between teams and climbers and uh, ropes and sure. ascents and belays goes uh, very much hand in hand with uh, business acumen. Yeah. And, and also too, it's like, it teaches you probably because there's some things when you're say climbing up that mountain or ice, I, I'm not a climber. Okay. I think I'm as far as watching Everest. 
So <laughs> that, that's, that's my knowledge on it. But I see how it takes preparation, it takes hard work, and then it takes planning. But also, there's things that happen up there which are completely, you can't predict. And now you have to think right. on your feet, which is very much like business as well. Exactly. Very valid. So for you, obviously, that's transition over into business. Since you've launched this like three years ago, what's been the most difficult thing you guys have faced as a company? Well, there's challenges along the whole journey, right? So we launched the we launched the research the research phase, and determining whether there is demand for a transparent, better product, high performing, um, and then finding. See, we we don't consider ourselves a a baby shampoo company. We consider ourselves more of a supply chain design company. And, uh, and why is that? A re- reason being is because we believe, just like in food, it's important to watch what you eat, yep. that everyday products you use impact your health and wellness because our skin absorbs the majority of it. Absolutely. Right? And we believe that these products need to be made, should be made from plant-based ingredients as much as possible. And we believe that there has to be mandatory transparency in sourcing these ingredients, mm-hmm. the trans- testing of these ingredients, and manufacturing of these products, right? Yep. Um, to do that, we've had to find partners, factories, toxicologists, R&D teams who, one, share our vision of transparency in manufacturing Right. Yeah. Meaning you have to disclose your proprietary formulation processes and, and sourcing processes, which is very hard to do for a startup with zero background or funding to come up to a big factory and say, hey, I want to work with you on a very small scale, but I want to expose everything you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the product has to be high performing. It has to work. Right. Yeah. Uh, you will only give because customers will go give you a chance only once. So if your lotion or diaper cream or wipes or whatever don't work, you've lost this customer forever. Absolutely. So figuring out, you know, we didn't recre- recreate shampoo. Uh, we didn't invent shampoo. But what we did was figure out how to create a shampoo using at least 70 percent organic ingredients. 30 natural ingredients to be as highly performing as a generic product over the counter. Gotcha. That was the challenge. It so happened to be that we decided to make baby products. But in essence, we can actually make anything. So is that the plan going forward is to start with this product and then build upon that? We chose the baby category because we feel that babies with sensitive skin and allergies. Big market. much more prone to issues than adults. Yeah. So I, we feel that health and wellness should stem from babies. And if we can impact the baby category, we can disrupt later, move on to other categories. That makes sense. <clears throat> that makes sense. So for you, looking back, Igor, like I'm wondering, say, say you could go way back. Say you could go back to like a 18 year old version of yourself and and offer yourself a piece of advice or piece of guidance, I'm wondering what that would be for you. 
I think if I was 18, that would put me, I'm an early grad of high school. So I got, this would be my, I think, junior, sophomore year in college. When did you graduate uh, high I, school? 16. So you're, you're a smart guy. A uh, smart guy or figuring out how to, how to maneuver through the system faster. <laughs> pro probably the latter. That's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I got out of school early. Um, I would say going back to really having mental support mm. uh, of someone who's been there, done that, to help you navigate the the waters that are today. And I think the new generation faces many more challenges than earlier generations because you're now competing on global scale. Yeah. So I have two kids, right? So my kids are no longer going to be competing with uh, the kids in New York, tri-state area. They're not competing with China, India, Europe, Latin America, right? Yeah. So... <clears throat> If your pool of competition was, you know, tens of thousands, you're now in the several million gotcha. for that same space. Mm -hmm. So having someone who's done it, having that mentor by your side to advise you and sort of guide you to your to look broadly at at the world, you know, and careers and subjects versus the narrow vision of this is what you should do because this is the trend. Yeah. I would say it's something that I would highly advise and that's what I'm planning to do for my kids as well. That's amazing. And now, Igor, for people out there who want to reach out, connect with you, um, where's the best place they can go and do that? Uh, Twitter, uh, it's Igor Becker is my handle or email, Igor at madeof.com. I'm pretty responsive even when I climb. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then everyone, if you want to check out these baby products, um, go to madeof.com. I'm going to share all these links where you can follow Igor on Twitter. Um, you can also email Igor. And that's uh, that's amazing thing you're doing there, Igor. Anytime, this is for all the listeners right now, anytime someone like Igor provides an email address, just like Igor said, his biggest regret was not having someone in his corner who could help him early on. He's providing you with an email address. Reach out to this man. See how he can help you for mentorship, whatever it is. But he's really going to be help you accelerate the process and whatever it is that you're doing. Again, that is madeof.com. Igor, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor today. And you have the opportunity to share with the audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. I think... One of my biggest pet peeves is when I read um, business or entrepreneurship or startup um, stories around success uh, or failures, um, it's always very easy to, you know, share a successful story. What I what I often miss is, is the the 1,000 things that went wrong yeah. to become successful, if not millions. So um, I guess one thought to share is take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, all the popular business and health and wellness and uh, 
inspirational speakers out there. They're great, but the journey that it took to get there uh, is somewhat difficult. And I call these people unicorns. Yeah. Right. Because there is a, a million of them uh, who did the same exactly who failed. Absolutely. So when you're inspired by someone or something, make sure you really uh, learn and understand what the details are for that success and what the intricate failures were, because I think you need to, you're going to be failing several times before you succeed. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Be that unicorn, everyone. And as you can see from this interview, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, honesty and transparency. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Igor Becker. Igor, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Colin, thank you for the opportunity uh, to allow me to share my story with your audience. The good pleasure. luck, everybody. The pleasure is all mine. Everyone, if you like today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.